Luke chapter one. Let's dive in to where the Lord wants to take us today. We started out a little mini series, a two-part series last week entitled Overshadowed. Look at your neighbor beside you and tell him I'm overshadowed today. So looking at the context of Luke chapter one to understand what we're talking about, looking here at the story of where the angel Gabriel shows up to a little girl named Mary and gives her some crazy news to set her out on a crazy mission. Here's a young girl. She could be anywhere from the age of 12, maybe even upwards of 14 years of age. Angel shows up. Mary, guess what? You've never slept with a guy. You're not married. You never had sex, but you're going to have a baby. How many of y'all know that is in the natural impossible, right? We don't have to go into a biological lesson for you to understand that, correct? So let's look at the story here. I'm going to pick it up in verse 31. Luke chapter 1, verse 31. Here we see the angel speaking. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name. Everybody say it with me. What? Jesus. Come on. How many of y'all love Jesus today? I just, oh, I love hearing that response. Verse 32. He will be great. He will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. Verse 33. And he will reign over the house of Jacob for how long? Forever. And his kingdom, there will be no end. Verse 34. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Since I do not know a man. That's what she's referring to. I'm a virgin. I've never slept with a guy before. Never known a man. Verse 35. And the angel answered and said to her, come on, everybody say this next sentence with me, her, the, what the angel said. Someone say it with me. For the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will, come on, everybody say it, overshadow you. And this is what the Lord just really brought me to a couple of weeks ago when I was just seeking his face about what he wanted us to just to look at in the scriptures here over these last few, last Sunday and this Sunday today. It's the concept that we see here, the angel gives Mary that the Holy Spirit would come upon her and it would what? Overshadow her. That phrase there, overshadow, and I just I want you to get a revelation of this here today. But that phrase there, overshadowed, it literally means in the original Greek language, it means to cast, to cast a shade upon Overshadow, to cast a shade upon, to envelop in a haze of brilliancy, to overshadow. And if you got up early here uh, this morning, like myself, drove in, was here at seven o'clock, there was this heavy fog uh, that was just this envelop. You was driving in this fog, and this is a picture of the word overshadowed. And last week I used the example, I want to use it again here today, using the example of an umbrella because this is really a good picture of what it means to be overshadowed. Come on, everybody knows what an umbrella does, right? You know, a lot of y'all carry an umbrella in your car. Even after my message last week, I still don't have an umbrella in my car and it rained and I suffered the consequences of that. You know, and the reason why I don't carry an umbrella in my car, because I grew up in the Oklahoma panhandle where it seldom rains, all right? But we have this sense of, this picture of what it means to be overshadowed. It is the overshadowing, overshadowing of what? 
of the Holy Spirit. Who's the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God's presence here on the earth today. If you understand theology, we serve an almighty God, right? But the God, that's the triune God. There's three parts to God. What? There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the... Come on, God, the Holy Spirit. And so we don't talk, it seems like, a lot in our churches today about the workings of the Holy Spirit. But here we see identified the angel with Mary. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and what? Come on, overshadow you, right? In the same sense that the Holy Spirit came upon Mary to overshadow her, we talked about it last week, for the, to conceive, the conception took place, conception of mission, conception of purpose took place when the Holy Spirit came upon her, and then protection for the mission. It was the overshadowing of the Holy Spirit. Come on, how many of you ladies remember your childbearing days? How many of y'all would have liked to have born your child and carried your child like Mary had to? I mean, jumping on a donkey for a 90-mile donkey ride over a period of probably five to six days, getting to Bethlehem, no hotel to stay in, have to sleep with the animals. Come on, how many of y'all ladies like, I ain't going on that trip? No, not at all. I can't even get my wife to go on a trip with me if we're camping out. It's got to be five-star hotel anymore. You know what I'm talking about? You know, come on, we like our comfort. We like our luxury as Americans. In the same way that God gave the Holy Spirit to Mary to overshadow her. I believe that we have the Holy Spirit over our life to help us live our life, right? Look, in fact, with me in the book of John chapter 14, we see Jesus talking about the coming of the Holy Spirit. He's talking to the guys there, the disciples. He says, I want to go away, uh, you know, but I got to go away so that the Holy Spirit will come. Look at verse 16, verse 17, New King James, John chapter 14. Jesus said this, he says, I will pray to the Father and he will give you another helper. Come on, how many of y'all have ever been in a place in your life you need some help? Yes. Need some help, come on, I need a little help. Come on, living this life, we need some help, right? He says, he would pray that he gives you some help. That's the cool thing about serving Jesus Christ. We got some help available to us. He says this, that he may, referring now to the Holy Spirit, all right? I, I kind of jumped into the middle of this. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. That he may, the Holy Spirit may, look at this, abide, abide, everybody say abide, that he may abide with you, the Bible says what, forever. Verse 17, the spirit of truth, talking about the Holy Spirit, whom the world cannot receive because it is neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. You know him. Now, how many of y'all, again, let me just, I love hearing the response. How many of y'all know Jesus today? Let me hear you today. Yeah. Come on, you cannot separate Jesus and the Holy Spirit. If you know Jesus, you've got some of the Holy Spirit in you. Amen. Amen. So we got the Holy Spirit. He says here that for he dwells, this is what I love. Look at, look at this. He dwells with you and he will be in you. He'll be with you and he'll be where? In you. Now let's kind of technically just kind of unpack that for just a second. You know, many times with kids, we ask, where's Jesus living at? Oh, he's in my heart. You know, we got our Sunday school song, you know, deep down in my heart, he's dwelling in my heart. But technically it's not Jesus who dwells in our heart. Who is it? It's the Holy Spirit that dwells in us. Jesus, the Bible tells us, is at the right hand of the Father, God, amen. But you can't separate Jesus from the Holy Spirit, God the Father. It's all one, right? That's a whole complexity thing. We can't even hardly wrap our human minds around, all right, okay? But we look here, Jesus says here in the scripture that the Holy Spirit dwells with you and in you. I like what it says in the Passion Translation. He will make his home in you and he will live inside of you. Guess what? If you know Jesus, you got the Holy Spirit. You got some Holy Spirit in you. 
God, the creator of this universe, his spirit. I don't know about you, but that's just kind of just kind of a sila moment. Stop to think about that. The presence of God dwells in us, in us. And I, and I hope that through my message today that it this kind of provokes you to just kind of like, yeah, that's right. I'm not by myself. I'm not by myself. Come on, some of, you, some of y'all may spend Christmas alone this year, but guess what? You're, you're not alone. Are you really alone if you've got Jesus? Absolutely not. Man, you and the Holy Spirit, that makes a party right there. Party waiting to happen right there. Amen. So the, we see in the scripture that the Holy Spirit abides in us. Now go over to John chapter 15, one chapter over. I'm setting something up here, all right? John chapter 15, I need you to see this. Just tracking along here with me. I, I'm, this message is, is really a, a teaching message. This isn't, in, I wouldn't say this isn't an entertaining message. I hope my message are never just entertainment. Let me just say that, all right? But I'm wanting to teach you something. Come on, I'm wanting you to go deeper with Jesus today. So look at John chapter 15, verse four. It's another very important principle. Now remember Jesus said the Holy Spirit will abide in you. But look at this. Verse four, five, six, and seven. John 15, four. Starts out, and this is New King James, okay? He says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it what? Abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Verse five, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, I in him bears much fruit. Come on, how many of y'all know somebody in your life you want them to produce some more good fruit? Yeah, right? How many of y'all say, I need to produce more good fruit, okay? We see the formula for it right here. For without me, you can do nothing. Verse six, if anyone does not abide in me, he is what? Cast out as a branch and is withered. They gather them, they throw them into the fire, they're burned. Verse seven, if you abide in me and my words, what? Abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be. Anybody see a thing to that few verses? What is it? It's abide. Abide. Other translations will say remain. To remain. And this is what I just really want to drill down on here in today's message. Are you an abider? Now, I already checked with my school teachers. That is a legitimate word. Abider. The suffix there, er, means to do that, which whatever it was. Now, Rochelle, the school teacher, told me to tell that much more elaborate, eloquent than I just said that. But basically, he is like, I'm a hunter. You know, I hunt. I am one who hunts. A teacher is one who teaches. So an abider is one who abides. Abides. Okay, just think about this concept for just a moment. Let me just set this up. I've got four wonderful kids that are all adults. That makes me an empty nester. Woohoo! Any other empty nesters in the house today? And you're excited about it. Okay. All right. Empty nesters. I figured there'd be a little more excitement from empty nesters today. Yeah. Come on. How many of y'all are empty nesters and you're enjoying grandkids? Come on. Let me hear you. Yeah. Come on. How many of y'all are glad you didn't kill your kids so you experienced grandkids? Yeah. 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 There we go. There we go. There we go. Now I've got four kids. They're all adults. Now I've got two out of four of my kids abide with us in Enid, Oklahoma. Both of my girls abide here with their husbands. Their families abide here. I've got two boys. One, my youngest, is down in Oklahoma City. Uh, took a job. He is in cybersecurity, working for Tinker Air Force for the government. Pretty smart kid, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And then my oldest son, Brooke's twin brother, he is in Pittsburgh, uh, Philadelphia, right? I think that's where he's at. He has, he doesn't report, he works from home. So wherever he wants to be, that's where he, his office is. And so, uh, he, he is in there. So two out of the four kids abide with us here. Now you think about the concept for just a few moments. How does that relate to your relationship with Jesus Christ? It's one thing to to say the prayer, to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, that's one thing to have the knowledge of, to have a form of who Jesus is in your life. But stay with me, it's a whole nother thing to abide with him and in him, okay? You may have surrendered your life to Jesus and you have set your eternal destination to be heaven. How many of y'all, man, when your time comes, you're going to heaven today? Let me hear you. Yeah, right. If you don't know that, we'll, we'll give you a chance here in just a little bit. But there is a deeper relationship that we can have with Jesus Christ than just salvation. Come on, there's a deeper relationship. And this is what Jesus is talking about is abiding. See, I can get saved and go back to my regular life and try to live my life. My, I, I'm, I'm probably saved. I'm going to go to heaven versus me walking day to day with Jesus. There's a little bit of difference. Anybody tracking with me here right now? So the question I have today is this. Are you an abider? Don't just have a casual relationship, but I believe God is calling us deeper to go deeper with him. Amen. To go deeper. So just a couple things I wrote down here today. To be an abider, number one is this, we have to do better at dying. I know this sounds kind of morbid. To be an abider, we got to get better at dying. You know, I've been in ministry, full-time ministry, uh, let's see, 34, 35 years. Uh, in just a couple of weeks, will be 25 years ago that Tam and I moved to Enid to start World Harvest Church, 25 years ago. In, do I look that old? Thank you. Bless you. Bless you and your children, your children's children, and all that after that. Amen. I just, I don't know. I may start looking old one of these days, so I better suck that for all I can at the age I'm in, right? Amen. And so... Um, you, you think about this concept that uh, everyone has probably been to funerals before, right? I've done a lot of funerals. I've done a lot of funerals. I've done more funerals in the last three years than all my ministry life combined. I've done eight funerals since August. I mean, as I did some back-to-back even. And there's one thing that I've noticed about people in a casket. They could care less what you think. Somebody that's literally dead, they care less about who shows up and who doesn't show up. They care less about what people say about them. Yeah. They care less, right? But there's something here that we need to understand. There is a dying that we must do while we're still living. Jesus identifies it in Luke chapter nine. Look at Luke chapter nine. Jesus speaking here, he says this. This is verse 23 and verse 24. He says, he said unto the moss, he says, listen to this. If anyone desires to come after me, how many of y'all wanna follow Jesus today? Let me hear you. What does he say to do? He says, he gives instruction for those that wanna follow him. Let him deny himself and take up his cross. How often? Are you kidding me? Every day we're required to do something? Yeah. (laughs) Welcome to following Jesus. Take up your cross. How often? 
daily, he says, and follow me. 24, this is the, the upside, what we call the upside down kingdom so many times. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. So we see the principle right here of dying while we yet still live. What is he referring to? I tell you what he's referring to is the human nature that we all have to deal with. Come on, if you know Jesus today, your spirit man came alive and you're alive in Christ. But there's two more parts to you because we're created in the image of God. Just as God is three parts, guess what? We're three parts, right? We're three parts. There is the spirit nature of us. That's the part that lives eternal. There's the soul, my soulish realm, which is my mind, my will, and my what? My emotions. And there's also the physical body. The physical body. I mean, we got out of bed this morning and some of y'all spent time getting this physical body ready to get out of the house and come to church. Some of y'all, man, come on, how many of you know, guys, it's good to be a guy, man, jump out of bed and you're out the door, right? Come on, we didn't have to spend an hour, guys, in front of the mirror getting the hot body ready, right? But we spend so much time on the physical body, but the true nature of us is not the physical body. It's, it's what's inside of me, right? As long as we're on this side of heaven, this physical body, there's going to come a day it's going to quit functioning. Paul said it beautifully well, to be absent from the body is to be, whoo, come on, present with the Lord. Come on, how many of you know heaven's not a bad place? Right? So we see this concept. So when we get saved, I don't, I don't, I don't want to take the time. This is very elementary, but uh, it's important. When we get saved, man, the spirit's alive, but we still have the flesh to deal with. We still have the old nature to deal with. And this is what Jesus identifies here. If you want to follow after me, you won't have to die to the flesh side of us. You're going to have to die to some of your own wants, your own desires. Let me say this. To really, truly walk with Jesus, we got to get better at dying. Dying to what? To ourself, to the sinful nature. Jesus said there, he said there what? He said, deny yourself, take up the cross and follow me. Listen to this. I wrote this in my notes. Following Christ's plan for our life requires us to die to our own wants and to our own desires. I was in a pastor's meeting Thursday morning and I had a very intriguing question that the Holy Spirit dropped into my heart. Why did God choose Mary? In Luke chapter one, why did God choose Mary? Why not Gertrude? I'm sure there were some other ladies, Right? Why not, you know, Susie? Why not Martha? Why not? Why what? Why Mary? Why Mary? Now, I, I really don't know, but I, I think maybe Luke chapter 1 verse 38 gives us maybe a clue why Mary was chosen. You know, we could have some fun with this. We could dialogue, you know, about why Mary, but <laughs> bottom line is we don't know. But the clue that I see is found in Luke chapter one, verse 38, because after the whole, the angel shows up, oh man, the angel's telling Mary here, this little girl's not married, never been with a guy before. Hey, you're going to have a baby and whoo, he's going to change the world. Could you imagine Mary? Could you imagine what's going on in her head at that time? Could you imagine just what kind of, what, what are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm going to have a baby, all this stuff. 
But I love the response. This is what I think the clue is why Mary was chosen. She said this, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your what? Come on, if God showed up to you and told you some crazy elaborate plan, we'd be like, but God, how can this happen? God, you've got to stuff biologically. Things got to work this way. This doesn't make sense. God, what about this? God, what about that? God, what are we going to do about this? We would spend days arguing with God. Anybody with me today? Come on, you know, just whenever God calls you to something, that many times he's calling you to something that is impossible for you to do on your own. Amen? I don't know if that doesn't give us a little bit of a clue why Mary was chosen. Let it be to me according to your... My theory is that Mary was already an abider. She had to be already walking with God for her to say, you know what? It's not about me. I'll do whatever you call me to do. Woo, that's a crazy statement. Come on, some of y'all in this room today, you know what it's like when God tells you to do something for you to do something that doesn't make sense in the natural. Anybody here today know what I'm talking about? Come on, for a, for a young couple, Brad and Tammy Mendenhall, to uproot from Guyman, Oklahoma, at a church very well established with just a lot of money in the bank, could do a lot of things. For, you to, for us to uproot from Guyman, Oklahoma, to move to Enid, Oklahoma, to start a church from scratch, didn't make sense. Right? What is God calling you to? In order for us to accomplish what God wants us to do, we got to die to ourselves. Amen. Look at your name and tell them, I'm dying to myself. Come on, stand on, I'm working on this thing. Dying to ourselves. She was surrendered, I believe. That's why she was chosen. How surrendered are you to God's plans? How surrendered are you to God's plans? How many of y'all have ever heard the story, Footprints in the Sand? You ever heard that poem? I love the, 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 the poem, Footprints in the Sand. You know, this woman, she has this dream. She sees this two-foot set of footprints. But there was a, during the trying times of her life, she only saw one set of footprints. Come on, how many of y'all have ever heard that? Y'all heard the Footprints in the Sand? I don't have time to read it to you. But, you know, so she gets the end of God. Why, why was there only one set of footprints when the times are tough? And Jesus' response was what? Just because I was carrying you through those times, right? Very beautiful story. But let me give you a version of it maybe you have not heard. One night I had a wondrous dream. One set of footprints there was seen. The footprints of my precious Lord, but mine were not along the shore. But then some stranger prints appeared. And I asked the Lord, what have we here? Those prints are large and round and neat. But Lord, they are too big for feet. My child, he said in somber tones, he says, for miles I carried you alone. I challenged you to walk in faith, but you refused and made me wait. You disobeyed, you would not grow. The walk of faith, you would not know. So I got tired, I got fed up, and there I dropped you on your butt. <laughs> because in life there comes a time when men must fight and men must climb. When men must rise and take a stand or leave their butt prints in the sand. <laughs> I don't care what you think. That's funny. <laughs> that's somebody that's resisting what God's wanting to do in their life. Hey, man. To be an abider, we got to die. Number two, to be an abider, we have to learn to surrender. It's the, what Jesus did in the garden of Gethsemane before he went to the cross. He went to the garden to pray and he cried out in agony. And he had this conversation because he had a sense of what is getting ready to happen. Because, you know, he was a Jewish boy. He grew up seeing many people crucified. He knew where his path was leading him. He saw the brutality of it. It was there in the garden that he cried out to God, God, if there's any other way. 
Can we do that instead? But it got to the point of total surrender. We said, nevertheless, not my will be done, but come on, y'all remember that? But your will. See, I believe every one of us have to get to the place in our life where we surrender and submit our will to God's will. We can continue to kick against it. We can continue to fight against it. But for wherever you're at in life, you, there, there is always a higher authority than the authority that you walk in. Sometimes people have to go to prison before they learn the higher authority. My dad, my late father here, who's been gone for about a year now, just, he was a great preacher. He was a great cowboy. But one of the things that he was very good at, he's very good at breaking horses. And if you're unfamiliar with horses, there is a terminology that they use literally called breaking a horse. And what it, that means is you can take a horse, an untamed horse, a wild horse, and a good cowboy can spend time with that horse and a horse that is 10 times the weight of a human being, of a man on the average, can make that horse, get to that horse finally to the point where he's broke to lead with simply just a small rope or rein. And there's this whole process that a cowboy can take a very strong-willed horse and there is a breaking of that will of that horse where the will, and basically what happens is the horse finally realizes that he's got to submit his will to the will of the trainer of the cowboy. And this is a tremendous picture of our walk with God. Just because you surrendered your life to Jesus and made him Lord and your Savior does not mean he's necessarily your Lord, that he's your master. Sometimes we run to God in a moment of need. God, I need your help. He throws your life preserver. You experience salvation, but then we go back and living our life that we used to live. Have you truly surrendered? There, there's, there's a surrender that when we fully surrender our life to the Lord Jesus Christ, man, there is a overshadowing, come on, that takes place in our lives. But it only comes from true surrender. True Surrender. For myself, I was just thinking about this. When, when moments in my life of true surrender, one distinct moment in my life stands out to me more than any other. See, I was a young kid that grew up in a pastor's home out there in Guyman under the care of my mom and dad. And my mom and dad started the church out there in 1975 and when I was 10 years of age. So I spent my teenage years being a pastor's kid. I didn't get crazy. I didn't get really stupid. I wasn't perfect by no means, but I didn't go off like some other pastor's kids do. But I, I experienced enough of ministry that I told God, you know what, God, I'll never be a pastor. I'd see people come in singing and my dad's mom pray, oh, you guys are the greatest. I love this church. And they're the ones that's bad mouthing them three months later talking about how terrible they are. I'm like, man, I've seen y'all stabbing back so many times. I don't want none of that. And of course, then I saw my mom and dad start the church and the agony they had to go through to start from scratch. And so I told God, I'll never be, I'll never be a pastor. And God, furthermore, I'll never start a church. <laughs> Needless to say, anytime I hear people say, I'll never do something, I say, let me hear that a little louder. Come on, say it a little louder and write that down for me. It was my freshman year. I graduated uh, 1986. Any other 1986 graduates? Woohoo! We're not that old, are we? No. Uh, Went to Oral Roberts University. Uh, had a passion to go to Oral Roberts University over here in Tulsa. If you've ever been there on the campus, beautiful campus. So this would have been fall of 1986. There in August, went and checked in there. One of the very first things I did, they have beautiful prayer gardens there, the, the prayer tower that sits in the middle of Oral Roberts University. And I went there and just such a sweet presence of God surrounded that place. 
I'll never forget sitting there one beautiful August evening in Tulsa, right when school's starting. And I had a moment with the Lord and I got on my knees and I said this prayer, Lord, my life is yours. Do with me what you wanna do. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. It was at that moment that God began to birth in me what we're doing here today. It wasn't until the time I got a place of full surrender. How surrendered are you to the plans of God? How surrendered are you to the presence of God? See, this is what I think our problem is. We enjoy our comfort so much. We love having everything just right in our life. A majority of our time was always struggling, trying to feel comfortable. But God is not calling us to a place to be comfortable. He's calling us to a place of walking in his will. He's calling us to a place where he can use our lives. And the struggle that we have so many times is this, we struggle with this surrendering our will to God's will because the voice of the flesh is so loud, so loud. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, he said this, he says, I discipline my body. I discipline my body. I bring it into what? Subjection. I discipline my body. I bring it into subjection. This is a key that we got to understand for us to fully walk in what God has for us. We got to learn to control this flesh side of us, the flesh nature of us. And how do we do that? Through discipline. Through discipline. Come on, are we the spiritual Walmart child when it comes to the things of God? God, I want that. God, give me that. Oh, God, oh, I want that. God, give me that. And oh, God, oh, and if I don't get it, <laughs> You ever seen kids act like that at the store? I'm not talking about your kids. I'm talking about somebody else's kid. You know what I'm talking about? Come on, we treat God like that a lot of times. Paul says, I gotta, I gotta remember, Jesus said, I gotta deny the flesh. I gotta deny myself. Paul says, I discipline the flesh. You know how we do that? You gotta get control of this thing. Something we do here at World Harvest Church, and let me throw this out here because we're going into our Christmas time. Every January, we do a 21-day fast. That's coming up, January the 9th through January the 29th. I wanna challenge you to be praying about this because we're gonna work on this dying to the flesh thing, surrendering our will. And a great way to do that is through fasting. I remember the very first time we did this, 21 days, I'm like, I'm gonna go on a Daniel fast. Fruits and vegetables, that's it for 21 days. I'm like, oh, I can do that, woohoo. 24 hours in, I found out, you know what? I'm a good old Oklahoma redneck boy and I like my meat. It wasn't just 24 hours past, like, I want a hamburger. <laughs> I want a steak. <laughs> and I realized how loud the voice of my flesh was. Day two, day three, day four, my flesh is screaming. Day four, day five, the voice started to quiet. And I found it was easy. What was happening? There was this battle going on of the control, the battle of the wills. But I was bound and determined for 21 days, the will of my flesh, I'm gonna to surrender to the will of the spirit. And I made that commitment. So that's coming up again. I challenge you, you be praying about it. Maybe some of y'all need to fast social media. Woo, yeah. <laughs> It'd probably make your day a little more peaceful if you would, you know what I'm saying? But you be praying about it. January 9th, January 29th, 21 days. What is it you can do Deny yourself of something to get this thing in order. Amen? Amen. Let's wrap this up. Y'all all right today? Third and final point is this. To be an abider, you gotta stay in position. Come on, to be an abider, you gotta stay in position. Come on, say it again. Say it with me. To be an abider, you gotta stay in. Hey, I need a couple guys help right quick. Hey, Nick, come help me out right quick. I need one more guy. Somebody, come run up. Come on, hurry, real quick, run, real quick. Jump up here. Let, let, let me just illustrate this real quick. To be an abider, 
Man, I used to be able to do that one step. Just whoo. <laughs> to be an abider, hold this for me. Yep. I'm going to let you represent the Holy Spirit. Okay, cool. Okay. Nice sweater, by the way. I like that sweater. <laughs> did your wife pick that up for you? Yeah. Ah, oh, thank you, Marissa. You did a good job, Marissa. Awesome. To be an abider, it's all about what? It's about proximity, correct? It's about proximity. It's about being in the presence. It's about being... You know, but we think about this concept to abide. Remember John 15, Jesus said, you got to abide. Time again, you abide, you abide, you abide. Fruit is produced when you abide. Peace is produced when you abide. But you think about this, the concept, and put this into context for your life right now. Yeah, woo, this preaches well. We're like, woo, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be an abider. But yet we have these things of the world that are always trying to grab us and to pull us away. Come on, we live a real lives. We live in a real world. I wrote down three things in my notes here, just dropping your heart here real quick. So we got the things, you know, uh, uh, the scripture here, let me just give it to you real quick. I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. Ephesians chapter four, throw that up on the screen real quick. Ephesians chapter four, verse three, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to leave it right there. There's more to the verse. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. That tells me that the way I live my life can be either pleasing to God or it can grieve I think one of the things that I'm abiding that tries to pull me away. There you go. There you go. One of the things that tries to get me out of his presence is fear. Fear manifests in many different ways. Fear manifests in worry. For some of y'all, the enemy's brought some stuff before you this week. Like you better take care of that. You better worry about that. Come on, you better worry. Come on, how many of y'all are champion warriors? Not warriors, but warriors. Come on, some of y'all could win a gold medal in worrying. That's a form of fear. Anxiety. Fear of what could happen, the fear of what might happen. These are things that pulls us from God's presence, the Holy Spirit, right? Abiding, abiding. There's hurt, hurt. Oh, come on. How many of y'all ever been hurt by somebody before? If you've been hurt by somebody before, guess what? You're in good company. We've all been hurt. Come on, I'm sure I can speak for all of us. We've had those moments in our life. God, if you could just strike them with lightning, you know, at one moment of time, I'd be really good with that. Come on, God, I need to get even, but I'm giving it to you. So just strike them with lightning. Cause, you know, da, 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 da. So those are those things that are pulling, that hurt, that manifest an offense. Come on, hurt not dealt with leads to bitterness. That grieves the Holy Spirit. And you got to get to that place where you finally say, you know what, I choose to walk in love. I forgive to release that. So he can get back here in the presence yeah. overshadowing, right? Yeah. Oh, and something we don't talk much about in our day and culture that we live in today is how about sin? <laughs> Does our choices matter? Yeah. Deuteronomy chapter 30. I love this. When I think about this, God said here, he said, I call heaven and earth and witnesses Today gets you that I have said before you what? A life and death. Blessings and cursing. He says, therefore what? Come on, therefore what? Come on, the choices we make in our life will either separate us or draw us closer. Which way? Whoo. 
Come on, culture saying, man, I can do all this stuff. I can get away with sin, but I'm still in the presence of God. Listen, you may still know Jesus. You still may make it to heaven, but I don't know if you're really abiding with him if you're still struggling with this sin over here. Come on, there's a point in your life. You got to get rid of this stuff and say, you know what? I don't need that. I don't need whatever it may be. I don't need pornography. I don't need whatever this stuff is. I don't need the drugs. I don't need all this. I don't need sleeping around. I don't need this stuff. I don't need this stuff. I'm going to abide with Jesus. Too many times people, are, we're, we're living our life like, oh, we're here, ah, you know, whoa, ah. Come on, that's a good picture of the way some people live their lives. Is it not? Amen. Come on, give these guys a big hand as they go down there. Amen. Yeah. Stand to your feet with me here today. Stand to your feet with me here today. Been a lot of emotions that have been stirring in my heart this week, these next few weeks. <clears throat> I knew it was coming, but we're coming up on the one year anniversary of my dad's passing. And of course, I think the thing that hits us so hard is because it was so unexpected. It was such an event. Those of you who don't know my story, my dad been a preacher. I mean, uh, November would have been 45 years that he had started the church this last November. March would have been his 80th birthday. July would have been his 60th anniversary. So when he came down with COVID one year ago this time, there was never any question in our mind how it was gonna turn out. Man that never had any sickness, just state of health, just, I mean, he could outwork, you know, 40 year olds. So when he, when he went to the hospital, it was, it was a shock. And then he just got worse and worse and worse. He got bad. I mean, putting him on a ventilator and all this stuff that had to happen for three weeks, his body just, just slowly deteriorated. And it was at that point, there was a point in that process, and I don't remember when it was, that we had to get to that place where we chose to abide in the presence of Jesus. Even when we saw things that caused us to want to doubt, caused us to fear, caused us to struggle, we had to get to that place where we surrendered our will to God's will that we had to surrender what was happening, had to take that and put it in God's hands to trust him. I like to say it this way, the highest level of faith that you get to is believing God, but trusting him in the results. See the results on January the 1st, 2022 is not the results that we wanted to see in the natural. But in relationship to eternity, he got his heavenly reward. So I just wanted to share that with you guys here today to say this. Let's stay like Gabriel told Mary with the Holy Spirit overshadowing us. But no matter what happens in our life, don't let the worry pull you away. Don't let the struggles pull you away. Listen, don't let sorrow pull you away. Stay, remain, abide. Let me pray for us. 
Dear Heavenly Father, just as we come to the end of this service today, Lord God, this is, this is what you stirred in my heart to bring to each and every one of us today, Lord God. So Lord, here in this moment, what is it that you want to speak to each individual through this message today? In fact, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit that right now. Say this, so just under your breath, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me right now? Let him speak that. What is it? What's the Holy Spirit speaking to you through this message today? Maybe the part of dying to the flesh. Maybe it's part of the surrendering. Maybe it's the positioning. Some of y'all have been out of position. You got to get back. Get back. Release the worry. Release the cares. Release that stuff. Come on. Some of y'all just been playing Sunday morning Christian. You come in on Sunday morning, man, you know the game, but you go out and live in sin the rest of the week. Come on, man, stop it. Come on, you're better than that. Get free from that stuff. Devil doesn't have that much power over you. Come on, walk free from it. Walk free from it. Father, right now here in this moment, I know you're speaking to every heart something. So Lord, I pray that you give them the courage, the boldness to walk out what you're speaking to them. For some, you're calling them to a deeper place of devotion, a more dedicated time every day, not just occasional, but every day to spend with you, whether that's a couple moments or just a few minutes or whatever it may be, there's something that you're calling them to. Or some you're calling them to walk free from the thing they've been struggling with. Lord, you're here to set them free today. Let's all say this together. Say, Father, I surrender to your will. Or not my will be done, not my wants, not my desires, but Lord, your will. Come on, say my life, my family, my job and my business. I put them in your hands. I trust you, Jesus. Come on, say that one more time. Say, I trust you, Jesus. I trust you, Jesus. And come on, say this. Say, Lord, I'm an abider. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Be an abider. Abider. Prayer team, I'm going to ask that you come at this time. Online family, I'm going to go dismiss you to the team that's standing by. Thank you for being with us today. For the rest of us that's here in the sanctuary, we're getting ready to, to dismiss. Pastor Tammy's going to come close us out.